you have your Bibles, would you stand with me and turn to Philippians chapter number 3. And I'm going to begin with verse number 10. Today we're going to talk about forgetting the past. Forgetting the past. Some of you may have had a great time. Great things happen in 2017. That's, that's wonderful. But you're standing here today, the end of the year. You don't want to live back there. You want to live in the now. If you could put my first slide up, there we go. Thank you very much, sister. She does a marvelous job up there. The Apostle Paul speaking to the church at Philippi. Philippi was a town that was named after Philip, the father of Alexander the Great. Now, doesn't that just start your shorts? That's why the town was named Philippi. And this is who Paul is writing to. But Paul is in a Roman prison writing the gospel for you and I to enjoy today. So when someone takes your parking place or they run out of your favorite syrup to put in your latte and and you're just having a a bad hangnail day, think about this. Most of the New Testament written by the Apostle Paul and many of his letters, his epistles, was written from prison. And these prisons aren't what we have today. These were the real deal. If you're going to eat, you're going you're gonna to be, people are going to bring you food. And uh, there's no such thing as a sanitation. There's no such thing as a, a time to get out of your cell and recreate. It was, it was hard time. And it was not only, there was a great stigma attached to being in prison. And many of Paul's uh, followers wouldn't even come see him because they didn't want to be involved with somebody and get the stigma of visiting somebody in prison. So with this in mind and with this background and with this kind of determination and anointing that the apostle had, I'm going to begin in verse number 10. And he's saying, in essence, if you were to read the entirety of, of the, the precedings, he's saying, I've done a lot, but I, I count it all but loss for the Lord. I, I've, he, he could speak at least three different languages. He was fluid in Greek. He was fluid in Hebrew. He was fluid in Aramaic. He was highly educated, and he was a very determined man. But that wasn't the reason he was going to heaven. The reason he was on his way to heaven is because God knocked him off his donkey and got a hold of his life. Can you say amen this morning? He says this, Everything is lost but this, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection, and the fellowship of his sufferings, being made conformable unto death, if by any means I might obtain attain unto the resurrection of the dead, not as though I already had already attained, either were already perfect, but I follow after, if that I may apprehend and grab a hold of that for which I am apprehended of, Christ Jesus. And here Paul sums up his life 
in two sentences. It's time to pay attention when someone brings the summation of his life to two small sentences. He says, brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended or have, to have done or have learned or have done anything, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind, forgetting those things which are behind. Turn to your neighbor. Forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. The Apostle Paul had learned to live in the now and to be happy in the now and to forget everything that had happened to him in the past. Would you grab a hold of the hand next to you today? And I want you to pray for that person as you pray. Pray that God would richly bless them, that they can attain what God would have for them today. Father, I thank you. And I give you praise in the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you for each and every one that's in your house today. We call upon you, Lord God, and we ask you, Lord, to give us some supernatural ability today to forget those things which have plagued us, which have haunted us, which constantly remind us, Lord, of our failures, which constantly remind us how we have fallen short. I pray, Father, by the power and the anointing of the Holy Spirit that you would help us, Lord, through his power to live in the now and to fulfill our mission in Christ. These things we ask in the precious and mighty name of Jesus. And everyone in God's house said, Amen and Amen. Give God praise today. You may be seated if you'd like. Sometimes when we read the Bible, we, we forget the conditions that the writer was in. We forget uh, the, the scenario and the location and what's going on in his life. But in Paul's life, when he would establish a church or he would come there and preach, there was people that would move in right after he left and begin to spread something other than the gospel, telling them that they had to go back into Judaism, telling them they had to keep the law. But Jesus Christ brought us freedom. The laws that Christ wants us to fulfill is to love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy mind, and with all thy strength, and to love your neighbor as yourself. Now if you can do that, you fulfill all the law. If you can do that, you have obtained what Christ wants you to obtain in this life and in this world. But as, as I said, the Apostle Paul was writing, and uh, this picture, I don't know, it looks as though he may have some, they didn't have glasses in those days. In fact, the Apostle Paul had somebody else do the writing for him, and he dictated quite a few of it. There are passages where he actually penned it himself, but most of the time he had something that is called an amensis. 
which is a modern-day secretary. He carried somebody with him that would write the words down, and we got the words that came right out of his mouth. And today I want to point out some things about the apostle and about this letter that you need to really get down in your heart. You see, you're either in one or two training camps. Either you're following after the Lord Jesus Christ or the enemy has slipped in and fed you a line of malarkey and he's trying to train you to act and to do like him. We're on a mission. We're going to heaven. And in this battleground that we're in, you're either going to succumb to temptation or to succumb to the things and the temptations that he gives us or you're going to utilize this next year to allow the Lord Jesus Christ to build up the inner man, the inner woman, the Spirit of God within you. But to do that, you have got to get the right food in your spiritual system. You can't feast on the world. You can't feast on the, the immoral. You have to feast on the spiritual. Would you go to the next slide for me? Paul says, I press towards the mark. And the mark is the gospel of Jesus Christ. What is your mark today? What are you pressing for today? Some people have the phrase in their mind, I'll be happy when Christmas comes. I'm so happy Christmas is gone. I could just about do a dance up here today. It's not It's not. What I'm talking about, the birth of Christ, what I'm talking about is what happens in the shopping malls. I don't want to go anywhere near a parking lot, a shopping mall, anything like that. It seems as though the world has taken Christmas and, and made a struggle out of it. How can a birthday party be a struggle, pastors? How, how can it be a struggle? But it is. Some of you won't pay for Christmas till next Christmas. Think about it. But the mark we're to press towards is the high calling. It's not easy to be a Christian. It's not a bed of roses. You're called to a higher level. You're called to something above the world and in fact out of the world. Would you go to the next slide? Everyone is in training. I'm asking you, who's your teacher? The seat of all of your problems is going to be in the brain. That's supposed to be a little brain doing the work out there. And it's what comes in, garbage in, garbage out, or the right stuff in. Then you're going to get the fruit of the Spirit. If you feast upon the Word of God, you're going to build up the inner man, and that inner man is going to be in the image of Jesus Christ. Imagine that. 2018, if you think about where you are today in Christ, what are you going to look like in a year? If you're going to change, if you're going to be different, there's going to be some changes and you will look like a different person on the inside. Would you go to the next slide, please? Satan is a deceiver. Hit the first one. I tried to find the ugliest thing that I could find on the internet. And many of you think the devil looks like that. You think that he's in a red suit 
with horns, a pitchfork, and, and, and he kind of looks like a dragon, and, and he's easily identified, but that's not so. Would you hit it again? Satan can come as an angel of light. Satan can come as that beautiful woman, fellas, that you think is just the cat's meow. But she doesn't want to go to church. She doesn't want to serve God. In fact, she wants to do things that are against the Word of God. Ladies, you may think that Prince Charming is all of that. And, and a what, brother? And a bag of chips. Winner, winner, chicken dinner, right? But Satan doesn't come looking ugly. Satan doesn't come saying, I'm the wrong person. I'm going to destroy your life. I'm going to pull you down. I'll take you out of church. I'll take you out of your Bible. I'll take you away from the things that you have claimed to be moral and right. And I'll lead you away from God. He never says that. He comes as an angel of light. Satan doesn't try to tempt me with the sins of my youth. That's old news. I can spot that. Not doing that. Not going there. That's not me anymore. But Satan will try to tempt you at your weakest areas. And I'm talking deep down inside your thinking and in your spirit. You think you can spot the devil, but you can't always know for sure if it's God or if it's the enemy unless you seek the Holy Spirit and pray and call upon him. If that person that you're hanging with isn't pulling you up, they're pulling you down. And I've said this in many of my classes, but... In a group of people, imagine the group of people you're running with now, you're, you're socializing with now. You're, the morality of that group, if they hang together long enough, the morality of that group will descend to the lowest form of morality in that group. The one that you think's just a little edgy, you're going to be edgy. The one that's just kind of stretching the rules a little bit, you'll stretch the rules. In fact, you'll break the rules. Whatever, Whoever you're running with and has a questionable moral character, that's eventually who you'll become. So be careful who you select. Would you go to the next slide? This is Satan's training program. See if you recognize any of those up there. See if any of those uh, come automatic to you at one point or another. When you're stressed, when a new situation arises, when you go for a new job interview, are you confident or are you afraid? When there's a new situation, whatever, somebody asks you to preach, Somebody asks you to play a solo. Somebody asks you to do something new. Do you automatically default to anxiety? Do you automatically start thinking about your past as an excuse 
for where you are today, let me say, if you are letting your past hold you back, you're not even living in the now. You're not even here. You're somewhere else. When you're driving, if you're constantly looking in the rearview mirror, you will hit somebody. Because that person in front of you is living in the now. But you're in the past looking for the CHP in the rearview mirror while you run into grandma taking her kids to church. You're not living in the now if you're thinking about your past. That person that I used to be is dead. Dead. Gone. That's old news. In fact, that's fake news. That doesn't even exist anymore. So if you're letting it hold you back, Satan is training you to respond every time. Some, I can't do that because of who I, who I used to be. And in fact, I'm not willing to move out of that. So right now, that's who I am. Shake those things that are in your past. Forgetting those things which are behind, I press toward the mark. You see, God doesn't live in the past. The Bible says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Key word being now. God dwells in the eternal now. He doesn't wear a watch. He's not watching the clock on the wall. There is no clock with God. He is present all the time and he is always in the now. You need to be here. Some of you while I'm preaching are thinking about what you're having for lunch. You're not here. That'll get here soon enough. But if you're going to be in the now, grab a hold of your seat. Get a hold of your mind. Let the Holy Ghost minister to you today. Let him tell you that he has changed you. Made you a brand new creature in Jesus Christ. All things are passed away. Behold, all things are new. Give God praise this morning. No longer do we have to live in fear. No longer do I have to dwell on my past. I used to say that Satan would pop in the VHS tape, but we, we, I guess he probably uses a thumb drive, maybe an old CD or something now. But he always knows how to play your past, and you dance to his tune and allow him to depress you, to give you self-doubt. Then you fall back on addiction. Then you get depressed. A circle, a cycle. Would you go to the next slide? It's a situation of automatic response. You know when your computer screen freezes up and you try clicking the mouse and, and, it, and you can't get it to do anything and you are watching a video and their tongues flapping in there. I can't get it to move. What do you do? 
you shut the whole thing down and it defaults back to start. That's what the enemy is doing with you. He knows your buttons. He knows your triggers. He knows what you're afraid of. He knows your self-doubt. He knows your path. You need to gather up his toys, throw them in a bag, and cast them far away from you. Turn off the automatic response to the enemy and turn on to the Holy Spirit. Would you go to the next slide? Jesus breaks every chain. Every chain. Many of us here today are interested in the fact that Jesus breaks addiction. But did you know Jesus also breaks fear. He also breaks depression. He also breaks self-doubt. He also breaks anger. Somebody say amen. amen. Some of you have an automatic default of getting angry. It'll eventually break your marriage up. Get rid of it. Find the off switch. Let the Holy Ghost come in and dwell within you. He breaks every chain. He can turn your broken marriage into one of them, married to your best friend. If you're not communicating, you're headed for a divorce. And divorce within the church is nearly as prevalent as it is outside the church. It's within a few percentage points. So don't say, oh, it can't happen. It can happen. If you're not communicating, if you're not on the same page, you are in the training camp of the devil and he has got you in his cycle. Break his cycle. Let God, move in and bring love and joy and peace. Let's go to the next slide. Here is God's boot camp. This is the fruit of the Spirit as found in Paul's book to the church in the region of Galatia. It is love, joy, peace. Are these your defaults? Long-suffering, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. You see, when you're under stress, you're going to default to whatever is the most prevalent. And there is no way I'm going to stand up here and tell you that I'm perfect, but I'm better than I was last year. Nobody's perfect. Not Pastor Jeff, not Pastor Jen. There's no one perfect. But you need to be letting, uh, allowing the Holy Spirit to bring improvements and changes into your life. Get out of the cycle of the depression and the anxiety and the fear and the addiction and the self-doubt and the living in the past. Let those things go. You ought to be who I see today. I see people who love God. 
people have come to the house of God that are hungry after his spirit. That's what I see. I see people who have taken the time out of their lives to come here and to improve themselves and allow Christ to saturate them. I see people who care about their appearance and care how they come off to other people. That's what I see. Become what you look like on the outside. It'll happen by the power of the Holy Spirit. It takes determination. Anyone that goes through a boot camp is going to tell you it was difficult. It is very, very difficult. My son, Kevin, went through boot camp in the Army, and he was in the Army for four years, I believe. But then he went through the boot camp at the CHP Academy, and it was the same thing all over again. The sergeant, the training drill sergeant at the academy was a skinny little female that could run like a gazelle. My son at the time weighed about 250 pounds and had spent his life in the gym, and he was dragging around all this muscle weight. They run it off of him. You get in a training program, you let the Holy Spirit train you to think properly, to give you the mind of God, to learn that you can be successful. You're not held back by your gender. You're not held back by the color of your skin. You're not held back by your education. You are a brand new creature in Christ. I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. And you can do it because God has made you to be a success. Get in his boot camp. Would you go to the next slide? This is the last one. This is the most important one. Forgetting your past. Forgetting your past. In just a moment, she's going to bring up a video. And I want you, as this video plays, to listen for the distractions. Because there are distractions. There's things that get in the way. And I want you to just kind of enumerate in your spirit the distractions you see here. And I want you to... uh, analyze your life and to find out what the distractions are because they're they're there. You see, the enemy doesn't leave me alone because I can play a horn and preach. He tries to throw distractions in my life. Worries about things that really doesn't matter. Think about the thing that worried you the most in 2017. You know what? You probably can't even remember. That's because your present worries, you won't be able to remember in six months either. So why are you living in it? Why are you living in it? I'm not saying that there's not important things. Yes, there are. But those important things will come as God gives you day by day by day. And you walk in the Holy Spirit. He stays right with you. He'll lead you, but he's not going to get so far in front of you that you can't enjoy the now. You see, I'm on my way to heaven, sister, and there's nothing you can do about it. But I might as well enjoy the ride. Would you go down the bottom and 
There we go. Hit that thing right there. Now notice the distractions. There's wind. There's people talking. There'll be stuff on his windshield. There's cars. Crazy people crossing in front of a train. Listen. He's made his mind up. He's coming. Get out of my way. Here I come. Nobody gonna stop me. I'm on my way. saying you're a freight train but you ought to be an unstoppable force you're a child of the living God you're made in his image I wasn't made after Gabriel he didn't fashion me after Michael he fashioned me after himself successful powerful a force to be reckoned with somebody you can depend on somebody that keeps their word somebody whose mind is made up would you give him praise Would you stand today? Are you headed to heaven like a train that's on rails? You're not going to be deterred. Nobody better get in your way. Not snow on the windshield. Not cars crossing in front of you. Not bad relationships and bad people. Not addiction, not anxiety, not fear, not self-doubt. Whatever it might be that's held you back, forget about it. Isn't that what they say in New York? Forget about it. It's gone. It's gone. 2017 is done. Oh, I'm a year closer to heaven, either by the grave or by the rapture. I'm that much closer to looking into the face of my Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. But while I'm here, sister, I want to be a success. I want to live without fear. I want to live without bondage. I want to live without hang-ups. I want the fruit of the Holy Spirit. I want to be able to love you no matter who you are. I want to love my neighbor. And I want to love God with all of my heart and to do the best I can. Because some glad morning, when this life is o'er, I'm going to fly away and there's nothing you can do about it.